Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor of Computer World. I'm here with Android maestro J.R. Raphael. We're going to be talking about Android security. Stick around. Okay, JR. So first, thanks for being here. Yeah, I appreciate thanks for having it. me. Since you're Mr. All Things Android, I Indeed. figured uh, while you were in town, it'd be a great chance to talk about uh, security because you've been writing about this a lot, you know, and I think you've done a really good job of sort of debunking the idea that Android devices are inherently more insecure in the real world um, than, than Apple devices. I mean, I know there are issues with fragmentation and, you know, operating system upgrades. But I just wanted to get a feel for you as to, you know, what the lay of the land. I mean, you, you had written earlier a couple of weeks ago about uh, a couple of things that had popped up, you know, some malware. I think it was uh, Desert Scorpion and Viper Rat. And they always have great names. I want that know? job. The guy who in the, is in the marketing department and gets to come up with these really scary with the malware names. bad name, yeah. bad malware names. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe there's another career somewhere. Yeah, down maybe the road. one day. Yeah. But but as it turns <laughs> out, that a lot of you know a lot of this stuff is common sense, but that there are certainly things people. Android users should be reminded of or should know so that they don't feel like, you know, that they're they're vulnerable to attack. So so where do things stand right now? Well, the funny thing is this has been going on since the really early days of Android. Like if we look back, you know, way back when in 2009, 2010, around then, that's when we started seeing these. And it's pretty consistent. Uh, Google's security has, has certainly expanded, but these kind of stories coming out, uh, the thing is what you start to realize after a while is they're always put out there by companies that sell security software. Funny how that happens, isn't it? Right. And not to say that you should discount it because of that, but you have to take that into the context of it. And you realize that, you know, they employ people who look for any kind of vulnerability and they find legitimate ones and that's great and they get patched. But when you put it in the context and you see then, you know, only software X can help keep you from coming down with this, this rare virus that or malware that mo most people will never see or experience. Right, right. Basically, what it comes down to is security scares really are serious business. And when you keep that in context and you start looking at it, you say, okay, so there is a whatever, this vulnerability, that possibility. But then you step back and you say, okay, so in the real world, realistically speaking, could I have uh, you know any impact on my phone from this? And almost always the case is with very rare exception, probably not. Uh, you know, you start to look at all the security measures that uh, Google has in place for Android. Uh, just by itself, there's Google Play Protect, which is scanning both your phone and the Play Store for anything suspicious or shady all the time. Mm -hmm. And it does fail sometimes. You know, with any security, something's always going to slip through the cracks. But when you start looking right. at the numbers, uh, so in 2017, Google put out, every year it does this year in review, and in 20, for all of 2017, the probability of downloading a potentially harmful app from the Play Store was 0.02%. Do we have any idea what that measures up in terms of lightning strikes? Like how, how likely you are to be struck by lightning? I think I saw somebody say it was less. I couldn't confirm yeah. for sure. I, you know, I, I was trying to find some crazy statistic. Right. That would be good. I'm sure there's something out there. But yeah, it was less than a tenth of a percent of Android, active Android devices worldwide that, okay. that came in contact with anything. Um, and even for the minority of people who are downloading from sources outside of the Play Store, which Android does allow you to do, you have to, you won't just do it out of the box. You have to, you know, check a little setting and say, I accept the risks and I can do this. Most people aren't going to do that. But if you do, that's still, it was 0.82% of all devices globally being affected by anything. So it's a very small number. And 
then you have to consider, too, you know, these scare campaigns kind of make it sound like this is going to creep up on you, this big bad monster. And surprise you. And surprise like, you. suddenly show up on your phone with, with you not doing anything. It'll right. Be there. Which years of, you know, Windows viruses and everything, everybody's scared about that, you know, you open a web page and your computer's taken over, that kind of idea, which is maybe a little more Hollywood than reality, too. But, you know, on Android, something is not going to install itself. You are going to have to install it. Something may try to deceive you and, yep. you know, try to say you should install something or give you some kind of pop-up to install something. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to install it, and you'll see a system dialogue asking you to install something, and then granted any appropriate permissions to be able to, to do anything on your device. So nothing's going to sneak up and get you like that. I wonder if that's one of the major differences between the way Google handles things and Apple, you know, handles things. I mean, unless you jailbreak your iPhone, you're really you really are limited mm-hmm. to the, you know, to the closed ecosystem that Apple has. Yeah, the has whole walled garden kind right, of thing. Right, the walled garden thing. It's a pretty garden, but it is walled. <laughs> and, you know, on the Android side, you do have the flexibility, which I kind of would like to have, you know. I'd like to have the option. I'd like to think that I'm a, you know, a smart consumer of, of apps and would be able to go outside the walled garden and find some things that I might want for my phone without endangering the, the security. But I mean, that's that's one of the big differences there. You know, with that flexibility comes a little more responsibility, basically. You yeah. Know, be, be aware of what you're downloading. And also, if you never check off that box that says go out, out outside, you know, Google's garden, walled garden, then you're much, much, much less likely to, to come into contact with some sort of malware. Yeah, and even on the outside, um, Play Protect, which it's fancy branding. That whole system's been there for, for quite a while. They just rebranded it and kind of tried to make it a little more uh, to, to increase consumer awareness of it this year. But that will scan things. If you download something from whatever random website forum, it's still going to scan things on your phone. Uh, you're just kind of getting one less layer of protection because it's not scanning, you know, in the store, obviously, since it's not Google Store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think most people in the real world have much reason to download outside of Google Play too often. But it is a nice option. You know, that opens up the possibility, for better or for worse, for someone like Amazon to come in and create its own app store. That's how that happens. It's perfectly legal and allowed on Android because anybody can do that, you know, to to a certain extent. And, you know, for the power user folks, you can download a an app before it's released. There are, you know, fairly reputable websites that people know about where you can find what's called an APK, the app file. You know, maybe something's being tested internally at Google. It'll almost always leak out. And there are these websites that what they do is they put that stuff out there where anyone can get them. And you can see that it's signed by Google. It's an official app. You can then download that on your phone. Or maybe it's a new update to an app that's rolling out slowly around the world as Google does. So I could say, oh, look, there's a really cool update to Gmail or whatever. Mm-hmm. I could go download the actual app file for it, put it on my phone, and you know, install it. Again, though, like you said, it's kind of the, the, the common sense thing to a large degree. The same way when you're on a computer, a desktop computer, mm-hmm. you can download from anywhere. You're not limited to one app store. And it just kind of falls back on you to a degree. You know, you have there's software that protects you, but a lot of it's just common sense. You know... You're not going to go on some really shady looking forum and download something from somewhere from you've never deep heard about. State whatever. Right. You know, <laughs> get our new app that will protect you from whatever. And yeah, I mean, it, as you say, a lot of this is common sense. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I, I doubt that most Android users are going out into the wild, wild world and trying to find all kinds of apps. I mean, you know, the, the, the Google App Store has a, a huge variety. I mean, I, I'm not sure that there's anything missing there that it, someone would have to go outside that. To, to actually get, right? Pretty rarely. I mean, again, you're kind of looking at the exceptions, the power user kind of people who want to get something that's unreleased. Uh, 
from what I gather outside of the U.S., it's a lot more common. You know, the Play Store is not necessarily available in all countries. It might not be mm-hmm. apps are not available even within the Play Store. May have some geographic restrictions. But for most people, uh, yeah, the 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 need or even thought to go outside of the Play Store is, is pretty rare, with the exception of maybe like using the Amazon, if people use that, the Amazon Right, I mean, that, but that's, that's also what you would own. consider a trusted source, too. Right. You would like right. to think that Amazon was vetting these things before putting them out there. You know, is there, one of the questions that occurs to me is, is there a specific phone or phone line that would be considered the most secure? I mean, would this just be the Google Pixel line would be because it, it's going to get the operating system updates and security updates as quickly as possible? Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made for that. Um, the, it's all about the layers and yeah. the operating system updates are definitely one layer. And they do have, you know, people will often downplay them nowadays because, hey, I'm getting security patches and I'm getting uh, so many things through Google are updated through the Play Store where, uh, you know, they'll send out security related updates through a standalone app. Yep. so that everybody can get them, and they kind of found this way to get around it. But the truth is there are still some foundational things that happen on the OS level, which I, we've written about before, too, with you know Android Oreo and with Android P coming up, where they just improve some things that can only happen at the core software. So the fact that those uh, OS updates are coming out fast, frequently, reliably means something, and then the monthly security patches mean something. I don't think any one of those elements missing in and of itself makes a phone completely insecure. Because again, it's all mm-hmm. about the layers. You still have Google Play Protect scanning things. You still have your own common sense. There are a lot of things going on. There's still sandboxing. Common sense. Well, you got to wonder about common well, sense sometimes, in, yeah, given what ideally. I see people doing with technology. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, and like, like with Apple, there's the whole sandboxing thing where no app can access the entire system. On Android, there are possible ways it can, but again, unless you explicitly granted access to do something, you could make an app, you know, a, a device administrator, and there are reasons why you might, like a... Why? Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds sort of dangerous to me. It would be something that you would do with great caution and only something you really trust. But like a Google app, for instance, may yep. need access to uh, be able to modify system settings and get into things like that. Okay. And most of those will be pre-installed and like that anyway. Uh, you know, some of the more power user type tools, again, will will get into things where you want to be able to have it change the way your notifications work, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it has to have access to notifications. But we're not talking about things that a typical person using, you know, a business phone for the enterprise is going to mess with. That's more kind of enthusiast terrain. And in there, you hope that if you're interested in that, you know enough to be able to make an educated choice about, is this a trusted developer? Is this something I've read about, seen about elsewhere? And not just, you know, like with anything, it's pretty easy to spot when something is 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 fake and well I was just gonna say if you're if you're if you've checked off the box to download apps from outside the the Google App Store and you download something that looks a little shanky, shady or whatever and it asks for you know it wants to be uh, um, be able to access the core operating system and and settings and everything else probably not a good idea right yeah. right unless I mean, you really know what you're doing and where it's coming from, then, yeah, it's probably not the best idea. Um, An interesting point on that, too, that I'd made a note about what malware is. So even we were talking about those, you know, minuscule figures. Uh, But even within that, the vast majority of actual active Android malware is not something that's going to take over your phone and steal your information and eat all your ice cream and and what have you. It's more about this kind of low-level stuff, like making money from abusing advertising, Uh, engaging in botnet behavior, click fraud, SMS spoofing. The most common family of malware uh, in the top category from 2017 in Google's report was something called Gaia Fish. Uh, Gaia Fish? Gaia Fish? Fish? Something like that. 
All that does is it uses Google account authentication tokens on Android devices to fraudulently manipulate parts of Google Play, such as star ratings or comments. So that's the most common thing out there. Sure, not something you want to be encouraging, but again, you have to keep it's in mind... It's not taking your phone and, and basically deleting all of your uh, important information or stealing it and you know putting it out right. on the dark web. Right, right. Between the the encryption, the sandboxing, all the different play, play, play protect rather levels uh, of protection, it's just so unlikely that something is going to happen. That's not to say you should let your guard down and be stupid. I mean, certainly security updates matter. Every piece of that puzzle makes a difference. And, you know, like with anything in security, it's all about the layers. So if you have the, the more layers you have in place, the more uh, secure your phone will be. And that's why, you know, back to what you were saying before for the Pixel phone, you know you're getting security updates every month. There are a few other uh, manufacturers that are doing pretty well on the security updates, but no one who's really keeping up with the actual OS updates, and those matter too. Right, exactly. You know, it's interesting, this is sort of tangential, but talking about security, and of course Apple likes to, you know, to to position itself as, you know, your, your device and your data, everything on your phone is locked and secure and can't be cracked if you've got Face ID, Touch ID, you know, passcode, whatever. But uh, Lucas Mirian, um, another Computer World writer, had wrote a couple weeks back about a, a couple of companies that have developed boxes that apparently law enforcement agencies are now using to be able to actually crack an iPhone. Uh, a lot of speculation as to exactly how that's working. One of them's an Israeli firm. I can't remember the, the, the second one. But apparently, you know, law enforcement agencies have now been able to do this. And there's some speculation that it somehow mirrors the image on the phone. And then you, know, you only get 10 tries before the phone will theoretically delete all of your data. Hmm. Um, but this whole idea that, that Apple, and I'm an Apple fan, don't get me wrong, but that Apple is impervious to security concerns. I mean, because if the law enforcement agencies have these boxes, you know eventually someone else that's not in law enforcement is going to have them. Sure. And if they want to sort of get on a phone, you know, get phones and start cracking them and trying to get data, um, I could see that, you know, happening down the road. So it, it's like there's always between Android and iPhone or between security and, and, and malware, there's always going to be this sort of stair step. You know, we've got a solution. Here's a new malware. We've got another solution, here's, you know. And uh, but I, I do like to see that uh, basically there's parity in the two worlds, you know. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point too about the sort of back and forth. Because I mean, with any kind of security, I mean, whether we're talking tech security or I hate to use airport security as an example, because maybe that's not the best well, one. That but could, that could be kind of porous, maybe. But yeah, right. Anything they're going to respond to threats and at least in theory learn to better you know handle and, and fill in whatever hole has been uh, you know brought up from there. So I, I think there's this sort of uh, natural inclination that you see, oh, God, there's this new Android malware, and I'm, I'm so at risk. How did this get through? But the truth is, by the time you're hearing about it, and the same could be said for most platforms, by the time you're hearing about it, your phone is already protected on numerous levels. It probably was protected from the get-go on at least one. But you know, by the time it's become public, it's probably already patched in some other way, right. too. So it's the fact that you're hearing about it and it's getting resolved is, is a good thing. No system is going to be you know, a complete foolproof fence from the get-go. People are always going to find new ways to get in, and that's what makes things it's stronger. A game. It's, I mean, it's an back evolution. And forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, you also, uh, you've got a story on uh, uh, specific apps, mm -hmm. you know, privacy and security apps. And I just wanted to throw out a couple of things here for, for you know, Android users who may be thinking, okay, what do I want to do? What's, you know, 
um, managing passwords. You, you seem to be a big fan of LastPass. Yeah, um, I, I went through and, and spent time using all of the kind of leading serious contenders in the password management. And, you know, there's some of these fields where we talk about app recommendations, and it's a lot of it comes down to, to preference, maybe you like this, you like this. In this field, it was just cut and dry. Head and shoulders? LastPass was in a different league from all of the others. Okay. Uh, not necessarily in terms of, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to imply that the others aren't secure, but just in terms of the user experience, what it's like to use, how effective it is. You know, for a password manager, especially on a phone, if it's a hassle, you're not going to oh, keep God, up with yeah, it. So yeah. that's what matters. And it, it just makes it really easy. It'll generate secure passwords for you. Uh, you know, you want to sign into an app or a website, you touch your finger to your fingerprint sensor, assuming you have one. If not, you know, whatever form of security your phone has. And it's going to fill it in right then and there. And it works equally well on, you know, any other major platform. You can use it on your Mac, on your Windows PC, on your Chromebook, whatever else you're using, and everything's just synced up. It works the same and just as well on all so of them. So definitely two thumbs up for la for la LastPass? LastPass. LastPass. Yeah. LastPass. And I mean, more than anything, you should be using some kind of password management system these days because, you know, you hear about every data breach and you have the same password exactly. everywhere. The, and the, the, the proverbial, you know, variations on your dog's name or right. your first cat's <laughs> name or whatever. You and add in one letter for the website at the end of whatever it not is. Not that I do that. I don't do that. No, no one does. No one does that. But uh, <laughs> Well, you know, and you also make a couple of good points, you know, things like um, two-factor authentication, something very simple that oh, you know, yeah. should, be, should be implemented. And, uh, and VPN access, you know, using VPNs to sort of, again, as you said earlier, it's, it's building in layers. Yeah. The more layers you've got, theoretically, the, the, the more secure your device is going to be. Oh, absolutely. And with two-factor authentication, you'll get some people who will say, well, it, it can be cracked too. The, the real problem is when you do it uh, via SMS, because you can just set it up in different ways. One way is that, and basically, for anyone who's not immediately familiar with it, the idea is that you sign in to, say, your Google account, you have to type in your password, mm -hmm. and then you also have to put in a code or something that is related to something only you would have. So your phone, for instance. So one way to do it is that it would send a code to your phone yep. via a text message uh, to make sure it's you. The problem is that there are a lot of different ways that an SMS message can be intercepted, so it's not the most secure. The point is, though, still that's more secure than not having it. And better yet, don't use SMS for it. Use uh, you know an app like Authy, which I mentioned in the story, mm -hmm. or uh, Google's own Authenticator works well. It's a little less versatile than Authy, uh, which is why it didn't get mentioned in there. But any of those have the ability to generate a code on your phone. And so in other words, if somebody doesn't A, know your password, and B, physically have your phone in front of them, it's going to be very difficult for them right. to crack into their account. In. You could know my password, but if you don't have my phone, you're not going to get past that second prompt. And that, you know, again, layers, it makes all the difference. And if you're in a situation where I have your phone and I know your password, then you're probably doing something wrong to Right. Because <laughs> then you also either have my fingerprint or know my, you know, on-screen pin or, or pattern. Yep. That is, there are a lot of problems there. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, one last question. I mean, I, I know that uh, Android Oreo is finally now rolling out to a lot of devices here in, in, in North America. And uh, Android P is sort of on the horizon for later this year. Um, anything in Android P that's coming up that uh, you can call out that is, is sort of designed to add another layer of security or be a little more secure? Or do we know enough yet about P? Uh, there's a lot we don't know, but okay. um, there is a fair amount with security and privacy that uh, I had a chance to talk to one of the uh, security uh, engineering leads there a, a little while back and got some details. So I'm sure there'll be more that'll come out. I think the biggest thing we're going to see yet is is front-facing features and interface changes. That's what'll probably they'll roll out over time, the kind of more exciting headliney stuff. But uh, yeah, no, there's a fair amount going on with, with privacy and security. 
Uh, let me get my yeah. If, no signs. Any other yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts before I let you go? Yeah. So uh, okay, one thing. There's more controlled access to camera, mic, and sensors. Uh, basically, say an app wants to be able to access your microphone when it's in the background. Obviously, if you're say using Skype or whatever, you know, you know that's using it. But there right. are some apps that may have a reason to look at your camera. Maybe a security app that you're using that you want to set up your phone and have it watch. Uh, you've always had to grant access for it to do that, to, to give it permission. Now the app will also have to uh, have a persistent notification on your phone if it's accessing any such sensor, camera, microphone. Just to remind background. you basically that it's using that or right, accessing it. Right, right. So okay. in, let's say you gave whatever the security app is uh, that access some time ago and you forgot about it. So now you'll know if you're looking at Gmail and it's accessing your mic or your uh you know, camera or any other, there, there's a whole list of sensors that are included. You'll clearly know, and it won't be able to do it without your explicit knowledge, even though you already authorize it, but this way you know as you go. Um, Google does a lot of, of backups of data, of your user data, mm -hmm. for when you go from one phone to another so that it can restore your settings. And that's always been encrypted. Now with Android P, it's going to start being encrypted with a client-side secret, just a little more secure, that making it even harder yet for it would already be pretty hard for someone to get to that. But theoretically, right. if someone got to that information, it's even uh, stronger in the protection. Uh, there's some new network connection privacy enhancements. So if you're going from uh, one Wi-Fi network to another throughout the day, you're not going to have a consistent identifier for your phone. It's going to change. As it'll you change. change it's called the MAC address. And yeah, it'll, yep. it'll, it'll assign one per network. So if I connect to the network at you know the Starbucks by my house, every mm -hmm. time I connect to that network, my, my uh, phone will have the same identifier. But then if I go connect to the network at the airport, it'll have a different one. Uh, you know, little things, but just in the name of privacy and, and keeping you safe. Um, they're stepping up protection from unsecured traffic, which Google's been doing a lot going toward the, you know, HTTPS secure kind of thing. Uh, that'll be within apps that they'll pretty much be forced to use secure, you know, communication for things. Yep. Uh, better protection of your unique device identifier. If if an app is using an outdated API, which is the interface an app uses to kind of interact with Android, uh, your phone will warn you. And that's another thing about the importance of the operating system being up to date, that those APIs get uh, more restrictive and, and protective and strong and secure over time. And if a developer is being a little lazy or for some other reason still using an older one that's not as secure, they'll now warn you. We have to see exactly how that'll happen. Hopefully it'll be in a way that, you know, if it says... This app is using an outdated yep. API. No one's going to know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. But hopefully they'll find a way to do it. And, and how to rectify it or, you right. know, get around the problem. Right. Hopefully in some semi-plain English terms. So that's all, those are the main bullet points that are on the way for P. And, and we'll probably hear more, um, you know, as the months go on. Yeah, once we get past Google I.O. maybe. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, you know, I always like to, to sort of joke that I'm, I'm Android curious. And uh, <laughs> this, this continues to sort of alleviate my concerns about if I ever want to make the switch from uh, Apple to Android and uh, try the uh, the brave new world. Um, I feel better about it. So there you uh, go. One day. One day. One day. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But we'll, we'll see. We'll if, keep if prices of phones keep going up, I may have no choice. Yeah. But uh, um, okay. Well, listen, Jr. Thanks a lot for the insights. I, I really, you know, like I say, I have a good idea now for what's going on around Android security, and it does make me feel better. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always fun. All right. So for now, that's a wrap. 